Welcome, everyone. I'd like to um, share with you uh, another Insights World Tour. My name is Mo Bendari. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of OrthoEvidence, and we are virtually coming from Switzerland. Uh, let me just remind you again that these tours are by design small group sessions and primarily uh, more of a conversation uh, with experts in the field who have uh, unique perspectives or unique uh, innovative ideas that they want to share. Let me also state that if, during the period of this presentation, if you can, and I see mostly everyone here is doing that, is stay muted and off video, and we'll finish the presentation and then encourage you to come back on video where we can have a discussion uh, about uh, some of the issues that have been presented. So without further ado, I'd like to present to you a colleague um, and a collaborator and a friend, uh, Moita, who is an orthopedic consultant in upper extremity here, shoulder and elbow surgery in Basel, uh, Switzerland. He is going to be sharing with us his perspective. And I think you will see from his presentation that he will be um, talking about how he uses these tools uh, in the real world and how he uses them um, as uh, tools that help him advance what we would consider value-based uh, orthopedic surgery. Moe, thank you so much for your time and we look forward to your presentation. Thanks a lot for your invitation. Thanks for having me for the second time on your tour. Absolutely. I love the international meeting. I love the interaction. This is a very special thing about your um, tours that we can interact with the people and it's not just one-sided presentation where people are just in the passive, but here they can become active themselves and state questions and discuss with us um, our views. So, um, first of all is that when you have a problem, you have to think early about it. You need to plan your cases. So to provide the, most, the most valuable um, healthcare system, there are, Simple cases which you do on a regular basis, which is not a big challenge. But then when you have a challenging cases, that's what makes the difference. So you need to plan it really long in advance. Then you need to ask for help. There's nothing wrong about it. Go ask your colleagues. They are all willing to help. We all work for our patients. So we are all having the same goal of providing the best care. So get to the technology. Use social media. I did use social media to ask for help. I mean, guys, this is a case. We agreed with the patient that I'm going to ask other experts. The solutions which have till now is the patient-specific instruments, which you have a guide and you can drill through the holes, but you don't really see at the back. You just see the front of the clinoid. You don't see the rest of the shoulder. So this is like a more advanced technique than the technique which I was using till now. So you can ask for help, you can use social media, you can connect to the people, and all of the technologies we hear about, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, we have it all on our phones. But you can also transfer this to your patient care. You can improve the quality, you can make sure that all the instruments are using are really perfect, each and every screw is in the correct position. Um, 3D printing, we've been hearing and seeing a lot of products coming from 3D printing. You can also use it in medicine. We can have it in your hand. I have it here. So I have the shoulder. So I could sleep over at night. I can think about the case. I can live inside it. I see the defect, how big the defect is. I can look at it from everywhere. So you live inside 
the case you 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 see all of the possibilities and then you predict the difficulties you're going to have you know you have to have a graft you have to take the head you have to cut it so you go through all of the steps of your operation in your mind before going into the theater which saves you a lot of time effort and avoidable complications Right. I mean, I think uh, that that's what I took from this. So if I was unpacking sort of what your five minute presentation was, it kind of gives you a sense of where we are right now technologically as well. Right. Um, but it doesn't replace sort of the unpacking of how important it is to have mentors or to have, uh, you know, uh, individuals that you can count on and whether that's your peer community and how you access those mentors. Um, you know, we're in a world right now, quote, as you suggested, of, of social media and virtual communication. So why not take advantage of that particular tool? I got the impression you also said quite a bit about the planning process, right? So the tools you're using in preoperative planning, whether it's augmented reality, uh, whether it's looking at, you know, creating these prototypes, right? As you said, you know, these rapid prototypes um, and how they help you. And then finally, it's the execution or the precision with which you execute a procedure uh, and using navigation and other tools. When you look at all of the spectrum of tools you're using, what do you have um, the greatest optimism for? I mean, there, there are some things that come in that are just, as we could say, bright, shiny objects. Um, and they, while they look wonderful, actually um, don't necessarily improve patient outcomes, um, take, uh, add to inefficiencies in the way we manage things and maybe are um, unnecessarily complicated. But then there are those innovations that really do have a material impact on uh, your ability to perform as a surgeon and also to help patients in the context of providing the greatest value. When you look at all the things you did in this case, was there any one thing that you said, you know, without this novel approach, I would have had a harder time? Yes, I totally agree. There are these trends. Things come, everybody thinks, oh, that's great. Let's yeah. all go do it. And then they disappear after two or three years because they're like, okay, it's nice, but it takes time. It's not reliable. It's learning curve is so big that I totally agree. And um, when I see the value of all of the types of stuff I used and they're like, okay, I tried almost everything which is there. So uh, I see the most significant step in this case, particularly was the navigation. Because this is the only guarantee is whatever you have planned that yeah. you can really transfer it one-to-one -to, -one to your operating theater and put it into the patient and you see it real time. That's the greatest value I found. Okay. Augmented reality is lovely. You can play around and have it and you can even wear glasses and have it in the operating theater. It will be beside you, but here is your planning and here is the patient you cannot put them on each other. You cannot overlap them. And that part is what the navigation does. So it takes you inside the case and you can transfer your planning one-to-one -to, -one to your patient. Okay, well, you know, we have some data scientists I know here as well, uh, who are obviously interested in evidence and you know, what information is available. I wonder if any of our data science team might have any questions for Dr. Taha. Oh, Steve, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hi, hi, Dr. Taha. Uh, great talk. It was a very interesting case. Um, oh, I have a question based around, um, so there's been a big move uh, in all types of surgery for uh, patient-specific instrumentation and moving towards 3D printing, and the research is just starting to come out on this. Um, 
but I'm interested more in subpopulation. So would you see this technique, could you see this progressing to being very common or in the case you presented only in like very difficult uh, kind of exceptional cases? Or do you see this, these type of tools being more widespreadly used in more uh, standard uh, cases? Thank you. Thanks for your question, Steve. Um, I mean, I love evidence. I work with evidence. I have to look into the evidence. Uh, that's how we, we deal with it. The problem is with these real ca cases, it's hard to get really hard evidence. I mean, we cannot randomize these patients. We cannot do a trial with 100 uh, patients. It doesn't work because they are very rare cases. So the part about which um, stuff gets into your daily usage. I mean, 3D planning is important and it's becoming plenty of softwares are available. Almost every company has now its software. You can relatively easy do it. You export the x-rays as DICOM files, you import it to the, your software and you have it. So you can play around, you can plan it. So that's what I use as a standard. So I said, okay, planning is a standard. That's what it is almost a must today just to predict any issues. And then you get to the second stage. Okay, it's a simple case, it's easy, I can implement it. There is no big challenge. Then you don't need to go and produce the patient specific instruments or you don't go to, go to the second level which is uh, ordering the navigation. So I think what's really needed or what should be a usual trend for everybody to use is the 3D planning because you see it in a 3D. Your decision, which step to come forward, depending on the case. If it's a simple case, you, you go ahead and do it as every case you have been doing for the past 30 years. I mean, there is no change in the system itself. Procedure is the same, everything is the same. If you see special challenges, then you think, okay, how do I solve it? Patient-specific instruments, or do I need the most advanced the navigation itself? With this case, I had to go further than the patient-specific instruments which I've been using till today to get more security and more uh, better quality. Superb. Uh, any other questions? Oh, Ahmed. Uh, thanks for your for the presentation. Really so what I also got from the uh, from the, this case is the kind of the personalized orthopedic care. I think which is which is great because every patient potentially is different. And every patient needs are different. Uh, but what would be the challenge if we want to? use this personalized care model for every uh, orthopedic patient and uh, yeah what, what do you envision if we want to for every case we kind of do the same sort of, of uh, personalized care or personalized planning uh, for every uh, orthopedic uh, case the future is close it's much closer than we think five years ago we couldn't plan each one each patient uh, 3d it was very hard so it's very hard to get access to the software. It's very hard to get the companies to understand that we need this. It was very hard. Today, almost every company had that. You can have simple access to it. And that's how the future is looking. So it is promising. It will be much more easier to get patient-specific instruments. It will be much cheaper. The problem is now is the costs. I mean, it is more cost to get patient-specific instruments. And it takes time to produce the guides. It takes like four to six weeks. With the navigation, you don't need guides. So I can plan the 
the surgery today, run it tomorrow. There is cost for renting the navigation system. It is usual, but this is going also to get less and less with time. So you will get faster production of patient specific instrumentation. They will be more and more available locally. Our company used to produce in the US and send it back, so it takes like two weeks. This is getting faster and faster. So the world is moving on. There we are not far from planning. I mean, we plan every case anyway now. Five years ago, that wasn't possible. And I think in two or three years, you'd be able to use the patient-specific instruments or navigation for every case. There are Dr. Drum, which I visited in Freiburg. He uses navigation with every single case he does. It is possible. It's not just, he says, the cost of it is more value. The value I add to the patient, the security I have is much more value than the costs. I will use it with every patient. And I agree. Yeah. Thank you. I just have a, a quick follow-up question. So it would be interesting if, if we have any uh, like studies. It doesn't have, even have to be uh, randomized, but if we compare like personalized or planned care versus just standard uh, care, it doesn't have to be shoulder uh, replacement with bone defect, but could be any case. But uh, uh, it just would be interesting to see if, if the, the personalized or planning uh, would uh, would change or affect the uh, out the patient the surgical outcome and also the patient reported outcome. Was there anything in the literature like that, or would you be interested to kind of pursue this uh, direction? Uh, actually, there are plenty of uh, studies about uh, patient-specific instrumentation. Um, we did in our group in Zoloton one in the knee, but and what you can prove statistically is uh, how precise you moving your planning to reality. This is something which you can prove. What's hard to prove is the change in outcome or the improvement of the patient's scores through your technique. I think it's nobody will really, because the, the, the difference is not that big. And this is not also the value of the technology. It's not like the, the patient will be much better. I mean, my patient today, I don't expect her to go and play tennis uh, against Federer and win. She, she won't do that, but I know her procedure is going to hold for the next 20 years and she would be happy. And that's the difference. You, you cannot really put this into a study which shows like patient is, is happy. She's not much happier than another patient who gets the procedures as well. But in her specific difficult case, we know that's going to survive 10 or 20 years instead of putting something inside and then in five years it's done. That's the main difference. Thank you. Any other questions? I know we're uh, nearing the end of our 30-minute session, so I just want to make sure if you have any questions, anybody. Uh, so, uh, so at OU, we used to do uh, uh, a meta-analysis about robotic-assisted uh, TKA, I think. Sorry for my... Uh, so we found that uh, the robotic-assisted uh, TKA could indeed like improve the uh, radiologic uh, outcome after the surgery, but it did not. It did not improve like uh, make a significant difference in function or like uh, safety outcomes. So considering the cost is very high, um, I think maybe we need more studies like cost effectiveness or studies focusing on the efficacy of your like personalized uh, planning thing to further improve, uh, to further uh, like uh, confirm, you know, uh, that uh, this technique is 
like uh, we can recommend this in our uh, clinical practice. What do you think about this? I think when it comes to evidence, the best person to <laughs> ask is Professor Bandari. I mean, he is the god of this evidence based medicine orthopedics. So how to plan a study yeah. to get that? Yeah. that I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone would argue that we need more information. I think you're saying the same thing, Dr. Taha. So, I mean, and Meng, I think you raised that point, which is, you know, when we have new technologies, we should be, we need early adopters to test them. Uh, yeah. And then we also have to use information and data to help us, you know, really determine where they make sense, in whom they make sense, and ultimately, um, whether the costs can, you know, are, are going to be balanced against some of the uh, outcomes, you know, or the, or the value that's perceived from those things. But I think overall, uh, there's lots of opportunity here to be exploring as we go forth further. We are nearing the end of the session, and I want to thank you all for asking questions. I want to thank you, Dr. Taha, for taking time. Um, do you have a, a last closing statement you'd like to share with the uh, audience? I would like to thank uh, everybody here who has joined us. Uh, from all over the world. Thanks, Doria. Doria was uh, visiting us in Switzerland and she's back to Croatia and coming back Super. working with us next year. Superb. So, uh, thank you everybody for attending and being here all right. and, and questions. Enjoy the rest of your day or the rest of your morning. And for some of you, it's evening. So enjoy that. Uh, and thank you again, Dr. Taha, for taking time with us today.